similar to a lot of the other additives we're going to talk about, it's to get you hooked on it. It's to keep you coming back for more. It's to get you to eat as much as you can and ultimately buy their product again. It's basically to get you addicted to it. Welcome back, everybody, to episode eight of the Clean Kitchen Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Kevin. So when I was first diagnosed with Crohn's back in 2018, and I started researching ingredients and really looking into what companies are putting in these food products, I learned pretty quickly that vegetable oils, added sugar, and refined carbs are three ingredients you want to stay away from. That's what everyone can agree on. But there's so many of these different additives. It's like a, a big black hole of additives and ingredients that one, some of them I couldn't even pronounce, and some of them I just had no idea what it what it was. Why is it in this product? So I put together a list for myself back then of top five additives that I should stay away from. And today I want to share that list with all of you. I love that. I am excited <laughs> for this episode. We're going to break these five down. Uh, we're going to go five to one, and Kyle's going to walk through what the additive is, where you find it in food, which you might be surprised at some of those, yes. and maybe why you want to avoid it. Yes. And like Kevin said, we're going from, I don't want to say good, but not the worst to pretty bad. So yeah. you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode until the end. And actually, the number one additive isn't even listed on the ingredient mm. label, which is kind of scary. Terrifying. So we'll get to that. All right. So what's the first additive? Natural and artificial flavors. Mm. And when you look in, when I looked into this, I noticed that natural and artificial flavors aren't so different from each, each other. They're actually very similar. Mm. So according to the FDA, a natural flavoring is an essential oil or extract from a plant basically comes from something natural, a fruit, a vegetable, an herb, a spice, an animal source. And they can basically take that and then they can go to a lab and they can add up to 100 chemicals of it to it. And that the listing of 100 chemicals, is that coming from a list of something? Like where, where are these chemicals coming from? Oh, they're, 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 they're man-made. They're man-made chemicals from a lab. Uh-huh. And- the average person that hears natural flavors, they read, read the ingredient list, they think natural flavors is a good thing. They think, oh, this is way better than artificial flavors, when in reality, it's very, very similar. It's just that initial ingredient, what it's derived from mm. is different. Yeah. So uh, the FDA allows the use of synthetic additives and different solvents and preservatives and emulsifiers, which can all be included in natural flavors but the company obviously is not disclosing those ingredients. So it's really uh, almost a workaround for companies to just put it under this term, uh, this umbrella term, natural flavors. And we don't even know what we're eating. Yeah, yeah, it's that, the umbrella term. It's a perfect way to describe it. It is extremely deceiving because you don't know what is included in natural flavors. And it's gonna be different from, from company to company what's included in there. But if we are looking at the grocery store, are, are there certain categories where we might see more natural flavors than others? Are you still using conventional cleaning products filled with toxic ingredients, fragrance, and hormone disruptors? If so, I highly recommend you make the switch to Branch Basics. They're non-toxic, hypoallergenic, free of fragrance, hormone disruptors, harmful preservatives, they're pet and baby safe, and cost-effective. I have been using Branch Basics products for over two years and love the peace of mind knowing it's non-toxic, but it's still just as effective as the conventional products that I was used to. 
their premium starter kit will provide you with everything you need to replace all of the cleaning products in your home. And when you run out, you don't need to buy a new bottle. All you have to do is repurchase the concentrate and the oxygen boost. So if you're someone who suffers from eczema, allergies, asthma, or you're just someone who wants to switch to non-toxic cleaning products, Branch Basics is your answer. And they're currently offering listeners of this podcast 15% off plus free shipping on your starter kit with code Clean Kitchen Nutrition at www.branchbasics.com. Link is also in the description. But again, that is code Clean Kitchen Nutrition for 15% off plus free shipping when you purchase a new starter kit. I mean, Nowadays, you're going to find natural flavors in just about every single product, protein powders, condiments, sauces, chips, crackers, cookies, salad dressings. It is found everywhere. Look at the ingredient label and I guarantee you're going to find natural flavors. It's crazy. But in my opinion, and some people will disagree with me, some people will agree with me. Again, this is like a lot of these topics we're talking about today. A lot of them are very controversial. Mm -hmm. Some people are very passionate about avoiding natural flavors 100% of the time, never eat it. And then there's people obviously on the other side that are saying it's perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle. In my opinion, there's good natural flavors and there's bad natural flavors. What do I mean by that? Well, if you look at the ingredient list of a product and you see it has artificial sweeteners, artificial colors, a bunch of preservatives, vegetable oils, and then you see natural flavors, those natural flavors and the chemicals that they use that go into those natural flavors are most likely going to be pretty bad. Yep. And they're going to be cutting corners to make it as cheap as possible mm-hmm. because you, we already saw the ingredients that came before that and they're so incredibly cheap, okay? Yep. So that's, in my opinion, bad natural flavors. Mm-hmm. And I've reached out to a few companies and uh, gotten different responses, which I'll, we'll talk about in a second, but good natural flavors. Okay, they're using real sweeteners like maybe maple syrup or raw honey or something like that. Uh, they're not using these vegetable oils. They're not using artificial colors. And then you see natural flavors. Most likely, those natural flavors are going to be a lot better than the one with terrible ingredients. Yeah. If a company is devoting so much time and money into the good ingredients, hopefully, and most likely, they're not just going to skimp out at the end and, and add bad natural flavors. We're looking for the trend here. Exactly. What is the trend saying? Exactly. And most of the time, you can figure that out by looking at the other ingredients. Mm. So that's my... That's my that's the main way that I figure out if natural flavors, uh, if I'm going to consume a product with natural flavors or not. So on the last episode we did on carbonated water, yeah. we talked about natural flavors, but we also talked about organic natural flavors. And I think that those are a little bit better. Is that right? Yes, they're, they're stricter standards. So natural flavors used in organic products certified by the USDA are held to a stricter st- mm. set of standards. And They cannot be produced with synthetic carriers, any artificial preservatives, or genetic engineering. So yes, it does mean something if you see a product that says organic natural flavors or the product is USDA organic. So what are the dangers of natural flavors? Well, unfortunately, there's not a lot of studies on natural flavors because the natural flavors from company to company and product to product are, they're extremely different. So you can test one company's natural flavors and it can be an entirely different set of chemicals in another one. So it's it's very difficult. But the number one reason why uh, I think, I guess they're dangerous is really the uncertainty. Mm. You don't know what's in there. Like I, talk, like I talked about earlier, they can put all of these different chemicals and ingredients in natural flavors 
and they don't have to disclose it. Yep. Taking a step back from the company's point of view, a lot of what we've just gone through is that that these are bad for you and you want to try to avoid them. So why would a company want to include natural flavors in their products? Yeah, I mean, similar to a lot of the other additives we're going to talk about, it's it's to get you hooked on it. It's to keep you coming back for more. It's to get you to eat as much as you can and ultimately buy their product again. Yep. So it's basically to get you addicted to it. Short, short story. Yeah, they're chemically changing the product mm-hmm. to make it all of those things, yeah, which is just wild. And you said you've reached out to some of these companies too. Yeah, some are some are more transparent than others. I'd say for for the most part, companies aren't very transparent, and they'll just give you kind of a BS answer. It's mm-hmm. just, oh, our natural flavors are derived from real strawberry. Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah, <laughs> that's basically all they say. And then and then if you go deeper on, like if you try to like get them to explain more, they'll just be like, oh, it's like proprietary formula. We can't tell you. Yep. So not much there. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's really difficult to figure out what's in those natural flavors. It's crazy. So takeaway there is there's a range of natural flavors. Try to avoid the ones where you're seeing it in combination with other ingredients to avoid. But if it's with natural other ingredients that we'd look for and approve of, then then that might be all right. Yes, okay. exactly. And we kind of hinted at this in an earlier episode, but what's the alternative? Yeah. Does the alternative have natural flavors or does it ha- not have natural flavors? Because if, if there's an alternative that tastes just the same and, you know, is just as good and it doesn't have natural flavors, I'm going to go for that. So if you thought that was contentious, oh gosh, just wait till we get to four. Yeah. So coming in at number four, on Kyle's list of additives to avoid. Yes. MSG. MSG or monosodium glutamate. Traditional smoothie preparation involved buying expensive ingredients like protein, collagen, functional mushrooms, healthy fats, and fruit, along with the hassle of cleaning a bulky blender. Flav City saw this inefficiency and set out to revolutionize the smoothie experience. With just one scoop of the Flav City protein smoothie in a shaker bottle combined with your preferred liquid, you can effortlessly enjoy a complete and nutrient-dense smoothie on the go. These chef-driven protein smoothies have finally bridged the gap between flavor and function with no funky aftertastes, no artificial sweeteners, and no gritty textures. Every single ingredient is derived from real, delicious, whole foods and crafted to enhance your health journey. They have chocolate peanut butter, chocolate, berries and cream, and my personal favorite, just go to shopflavecity.com or click the link in the description of this episode. Again, that is code CLEANKITCHEN for 15% off everything site-wide. Now back to the show. That's a hot topic. Yeah, it's this. Talk about controversial. Yeah. (laughs) This one's at the top of the list. So what is MSG? So it's a salt of the amino acid glutamate, and it's commonly used, similar to natural flavors, to enhance the flavor in foods and make it taste better. Where are you going to find this? Similar, similar things to natural flavors. It's in a lot of snacks, cookies, crackers. It's even in some um, soup products. Huh deli meats, and many, many other foods. And it'll be under a few different names as well. Companies have figured out that consumers want to avoid MSG. Mm. So they're basically, there's other names for MSG, which we'll talk about towards the end here. Okay. The first thing, when you say MSG, the first thing I think about is actually the the video that you did 
for Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And there were a lot of comments about the MSG in there. And I think you, you, you mentioned it yeah. as part of that video as well. So I guess it's also pretty prevalent in restaurant food. Yes. So MSG itself, so some people are very sensitive to it. So if they consume something with MSG, they'll get a headache or a migraine or they'll feel really tired after they consume it. Um, so MSG itself isn't like the worst thing in the world, but it's there's a lot of controversy around it, like I said, and there's a lot of conflicting research on whether MSG is actually bad or not. Um, I personally avoid it because, like I'm about to talk about, it messes with your brain and basically tells you that this food tastes better than it actually does. That's a crazy concept. Just, just to take a step back and think about this chemical, mm-hmm. this additive can change how we perceive the food we're eating. Yes. So very simply put, MSG stimulates our taste buds and it makes food taste better. But the problem is that MSG is an excitotoxin or an excitatory neurotoxin, okay? Which can also overstimulate our brain cells. So in Petri dish studies, it has been shown to damage or or kill brain cells when they're exposed to glutamate. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so again, these are Petri dish studies, so we can't say that for sure this is happening when we consume MSG. Um, there's something in our body called the blood brain barrier, which basically think of it as a filter, uh, uh, of stuff that goes to your brain. So it lets the good stuff in, you know, oxygen and nutrients, and then it filters out the bad stuff. So any toxins, things like that. So most likely the MSG isn't crossing into our brain and, and uh, causing damage to our neurons, at least hopefully not. But like I said, in Petri dish studies, it is it is doing that. Wow. So ho- hopefully our body's protecting us some there. Exactly. But in an outside environment, you, we can physically see the, the MSG kind of taking control, which is, is crazy, in these Petri dishes. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Probably not something we want in our bodies. Exactly. So even if you put that aside and you're like, okay, MSG is not harmful to our brain cells or anything like that. Why is it in the food? Same reason as natural flavors, to get us addicted, to keep, get us to keep coming back for more. And also, not to mention, if you look at products with MSG in it, it's going to have a lot of other bad products to, or a lot of bad other ingredients too, because that company is going to be cutting corners, making it as cheap as possible and make it try to taste as good as possible and get you addicted to it and buy more. It's crazy. So... I, when I wake up, I'm not normally hungry. I wake up and don't eat until around noon. Yeah. But when I go out to eat the night before, I can tell the next day in the morning, I am hungry in the morning. Interesting. And I wonder if it could be because of MSG. Maybe the, the food that I had had MSG in it and it, it almost like wants me to just eat anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've noticed that. I've been trying to pay attention. Anywhere? Like you go to out to eat anywhere or just specific place like fast food Mostly places? Mostly fast food. Fast Maybe food. if I'm cheating. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Huh. So that that is also another thing that I think about when I think of MSG that I, I think it does trigger something in my brain the next day that makes me hungrier. Yeah. Or at least perceive that I'm hungry. Great food. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I could, I could see that. So th- there's also, I guess you mentioned some other names that MSG goes by. So what else should people be aware of? Yeah. So there's other um, excitotoxins that act very similar to MSG. Things like yeast extract, which is 
probably one of the most popular ones out of the ones I'm about to say. Um, natural flavors actually can also contain certain mm. excitotoxins to make food taste better. And unfortunately, we would never really know because it's just under the term natural flavors. Um, sodium caseinate is another one, not as popular. And then autolyzed protein is another one. Um, That's a lot of names. But again, not as, those ones aren't as popular. I'd say a majority, it's, it's going to say MSG, monosodium glutamate, or yeast extract. Those are the most popular. Okay. And so MSG comes in at number four on our list. Yes. Is this, for you, an avoid at all costs? Yes, this one is. Okay. Even though the, I guess, side effects and symptoms aren't the worst thing in the world, it's, I, I just don't, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want to be consuming something that's yeah. basically artificially flavored. Right. And so when you go to a restaurant, will you look up before or ask once you get there if there's MSG in the food? No, I don't. No. <laughs> so there's no. a chance, I guess. Y- there's a definitely a chance it's that I can chance. consume it. Yeah. And it's probably, that, that may be a reason why I sometimes get tired after I eat out yeah. or something like that. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's hard because, I mean, some fast food re- or most fast food restaurants will disclose their ingredients but yeah. if you're if you're just going to you know if you're going out for dinner at a random restaurant yeah their ingredients aren't online so unfortunately you can't look that up in advance yeah have you ever been to a restaurant and asked uh maybe what what oil they cooked in yeah i've, or other I, things yeah, like I've asked what oil do you cook this in and can you cook it in a different oil and most and are pretty yeah, yeah normally normally they'll 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 do they'll do it yeah yeah the problem is and I was just uh, I was just watching a video about this the other day. Like you can ask me, like, oh, can you cook my uh, vegetables in olive oil instead of canola oil? And I'll be like, oh yeah, no problem. But then the olive oil they have back there, well, one, it might be fake, but also it's most of the time it's like a blend. So it's like olive oil with <clears throat> canola oil or sunflower oil. So to be totally honest, when I'm out, I kind of just it's 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 not it's not a it's not something I do often, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of just like it's whatever, and I just I just eat whatever. Yep, enjoy the moment a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to be sitting there asking, talking with the waiter for 15 minutes, figuring every ingredient that in the food that I'm about to eat. Right. Because the other 95 percent of the time when I'm eating at home, I'm eating perfect. Right. So, and my body has a natural detoxification process that hopefully is filtering these bad ingredients out. Right. Everything in moderation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that saying. <laughs> I don't like that saying. Why? Why? Pick it apart. Because then it's just like, well, first of all, everyone's definition of moderation is different. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to have one Diet Coke today. But then, or I'm just going to have one Diet Coke a day or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, okay, that's 365 Diet Cokes the whole year. Yep. It, I just don't, I just don't like it. It's too, it's too vague. It's too vague. Okay. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the alternative? What's the Kyle approved alternative? The, the term or? Yeah. Like what's your mentality? I'm more of like, I, I, I'd rather you do like, I like, I like the 80, 20 rule people say. Uh I'm probably more like 90, 10 or like 95, Mm 5, but I like that rule better. Yeah. Like you're eating healthy 80% of, eating real good, high quality foods 80% of the time and then 20%. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it's like all the food that I bring into my home is nutritious Mm -hmm. and it's serving a purpose for my body. Yeah. And then when I'm out, I enjoy myself and it's kind of like, eh, whatever. I know, I know I'll be fine. When you do go out, do you do anything after or before to counteract anything that that you're consuming? No, not really. So it really is just. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy, the, enjoy moment. the moment. I know some people 
like if they're drinking or if they're consuming ingredients that they normally don't enjoy, uh, consume, they'll take like activated charcoal, mm-hmm. which basically helps like pull toxins out of your body. Yeah. But no, I don't, I don't, I don't do anything different. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to number three. Oh, this is a good one. And if you're enjoying this content, don't forget that Clean Kitchen Agreement. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's completely free. Number three on Kyle's top five additives to avoid artificial sweeteners. Ooh. Talk to me about artificial sweeteners. All right. What well, are they? Do you know any of the names of the artificial sweeteners? No. Tell uh, me all about it. All right. So we have sucralose mm-hmm. is one of the most popular ones. That's Splen- that's another that's basically what Splenda is. A lot of these are, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the little sugar mm-hmm. pack, the different colored sugar packets that's normally near coffee in different places. Uh, so that's Splenda, asulfame potassium, asulfame potassium or acesulfame potassium, some people mm-hmm. call it different things. I don't I say asulfame potassium. Uh aspartame, which is Ooh, yep. NutraSweet. I'm sure you've heard of that one before. Yep. Saccharin uh, which is sweet and low. So when you're looking at an ingredient list, yeah. will it say artificial sweeteners on it, or will it say most likely one of those chemicals? No, it's going to say one of these one of these sweeteners. Okay, so it, it won't say artificial sweeteners. Got it. So you're looking for one of those those names there, and then that is what falls under this category that we're about to talk about. Correct. Artificial sweeteners. Correct. Okay. So a couple of those uh, you mentioned stood out. The first one is is aspartame, and the first thing I think when I hear aspartame is Diet Coke. Yeah. Why is that? I don't even know why I think that. That's the artificial sweetener found in it's, found in Diet Coke. And it's yeah. it's bad. Avoid, avoid it, at it's all costs. Definitely. Okay. Yes. So these artificial sweeteners, like Kevin just said, they're in a lot of uh, low-calorie, low-sugar diet products. So a lot of low-sugar candy, um, protein powders, actually. A lot of protein powders contain these artificial sweeteners, mainly sucralose and azulfame potassium. Uh, a lot of the ready to drink protein shakes too, like basically all like a lot of the like ones at Costco, so like Muscle Milk, Premier Protein, uh, Fairlife Protein, all of the popular ready to drink protein shakes, which I talk about frequently on Instagram. Um, but these are all they're they're called non nutritive sweeteners because they have zero calories, and that's like kind of the marketing for them. It's oh, uh-huh. it's zero calories and zero sugar, so. Supposedly, they're not supposed to have an impact on blood sugar, um, but like I said, these are very unnatural, and these are man man made chemicals. Yeah, they're, they're in no way, shape, or form are these natural sweeteners. Right. Hence the name, artificial sweeteners. Right. And and yeah, the, the name kind of gives this one away as as far as why companies are adding them in. It is to enhance the flavor of whatever it is that you're consuming. Yep. So when when you think about these, why is it that they're dangerous if they they are low calorie? Low sugar, no sugar, maybe. Yeah. What is it the the danger here? So again, this is a very controversial topic, Love as <laughs> I think all of these additives are, and it's highly debated. But there are a few studies that we can look at that show that many of these artificial sweeteners can alter our gut bacteria, and these artificial sweeteners can cause insulin resistance. So I want to talk about one study that was published in the journal Nature in 2014. Okay. So. The background of this study is that these researchers, they wanted to see what kind of effect artificial sweeteners, particularly particularly the artificial sweetener saccharin, they want to see what kind of effect it had on our body. So what they did was they gave mice water 
mixed with saccharin or sweeten low, same thing. Mm -hmm. And they noticed that these mice developed glucose intolerance, Mm -hmm. which basically means their bodies weren't handling the sugar as well, which is a step towards diabetes. Mm -hmm. And let me just take a step back and say, uh, so so there's something called insulin resistance. And this means that our body's cells aren't responding well to insulin anymore. So normally, insulin helps move sugar, glucose, when we eat sugar. It helps move that from your blood into your cells to give us energy. Okay. And when our cells become resistant to insulin, they don't take in sugar as effectively. And then this causes more sugar to build up within the blood. And then over time, the body needs to produce more insulin. And then um, that can eventually cause glucose intolerance, which is what was happening to these mice. Okay. So that so that's what they know that's what they noticed that was happening to these mice. Okay. So they thought, okay, there's got to be a reason for why this is happening. And what they noticed was that there was changes going on in the mice mices? In the mice. The mice. <laughs> the mice. <laughs> Found the mices? Is it mice? No. Mice. <laughs> mice. Like geese? Yeah, like geese. Goose, geese. Goose, geese, mice, mice. Mice, mice. Found the mices. We'll go with mices. Mices. The mices right. gut. There were, so there were changes going on within the mice's gut bacteria um, after they consumed the saccharin. Okay. So then further, they wanted to test this in humans too. So they, they got a small group of humans and some of the people in this group had high saccharin intake. And those people also, sh- also showed signs of glucose intolerance and had these same changes to their gut bacteria. Hmm. Let me recap that. Say it back yeah, to you. So I know, I I know it's that. a lot. Yeah. So there was a study done. And effectively what happened is the researchers found that with both mice and humans – if they consumed these artificial sweeteners, saccharin specifically, specifically saccharin, yes, they developed a glucose intolerance, which also caused an insulin resistance. And effectively, when you have an insulin resistance, your body cannot absorb sugar the right way. Yes. There's, there's a lot of medical terms there, but effectively the right yes, way. Yes, correct. Okay. And if you have, if you can't absorb sugars the right way, you can eventually become a diabetic. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's that summarizes. All it. right, there yeah. we go. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's- an artificial sweetener that is marketed as doesn't raise your blood sugar, zero calories, mm-hmm. diabetes, fr- diabetes friendly. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So there's there's two types of diabetes: one you're born with, and one you basically get Deve- over time. Develop. Yeah. Develop. Yeah. So this is obviously the one that you develop. Yes, correct. So this is. When you see people that my, my roommate in college, he had diabetes and he wasn't born with it. Mm. It was because he drank a lot of Mountain Dew, and he's a, a thin guy wasn't it in good diet, shape. Wasn't it diet Mountain Dew or was it regular Mountain? I don't know. It, it might have been diet Mountain oh, Dew. Okay, um, but that that's how we got it. The doctors told him you had too much Mountain Dew. Oh my god! And you have diabetes now. Well, I just remember because he came. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you can talk about okay because he, he came to your bat your bachelor trip. Yeah, and I think he was drinking diet Mountain Dew. So yeah, so maybe it was originally Mountain Dew and he switched to diet. And then when he got diagnosed. Yeah, shout out Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, 
Oh gosh, it's, yeah. But that's crazy. That's exactly yeah. what happened. So that effectively sounds like this is how his diabetes occurred or developed. Yeah, but he was mo- if he was drinking regular Mountain Dew, that was most likely just filled with sugar ah, so and high fructose sugar. corn syrup. Okay, but that's another way to develop diabetes. Look at just that. <laughs> drinking sugar all day. Yeah, and then you switch to the diet, and it's not helping. Yeah. So, so okay, so a, a lot of times, I guess it sounds like we're seeing artificial sweeteners generally in drinks or I guess drinks. Yeah. Uh, whether that's the, the protein ready to go drinks or diet Coke or some other form of drink. Are there any foods that you see a lot of these sweeteners in? I mean, yeah. Uh, a lot of keto products nowadays because mm. you know, keto has become very popular, low carb, low sugar diet. Uh, the companies trying to cut corners are putting these artificial sweeteners in the keto products. So, I mean, that can be any, any, cookie, cracker, bread, anything, pre-made meal, it can even have these sweeteners in it, yeah. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Okay. And I think we'll go deeper on these diet trends. Yes. But keto, just a a quick take there. Is keto something that that you're a fan of? I think in short term, I think keto can be beneficial for a lot of people, especially if you're trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. But over the long term, I don't love it mm-hmm. because you're basically restricting yourself of all carbohydrates, which we need for energy. So short term, yes. Long term, I'd say no. Okay. Maybe a good reset there. Yes. Got it. And going back to artificial sweeteners can also have an impact on your gut. Yes. Is my understanding as well. Specifically, maybe a couple of them, aspartame and another one. Yeah. Sucralose as sucralose, well okay. have been shown to alter the gut, alter our gut bacteria. And what when you say that, what does that mean? So we have trillions of bacteria in our gut, in our colon specifically, our large intestine, which is where our bacteria should be. Um, a very simplified way of looking at it is that we have we have good bacteria and we have bad bacteria, and we want there to be more good bacteria than bad bacteria because every everything's just better. We're digesting, di- digesting better, less digestive symptoms and bloating or whatever that may be when we have enough good bacteria. Mm-hmm. And that's why people take probiotics. Yep. Probiotic is the good bacteria. Mm-hmm. That's what probiotics are. So the problem is when we consume certain foods like artificial sweeteners or other ingredients, it can kill off the good bacteria. And then we have more bad bacteria mm-hmm. than good bacteria. And then we get all of these symptoms. And uh, again, so much stems from the gut. So it's not only digestive symptoms that you can develop if your bad bacteria take over. It can be anything. It could be sleep issues. It could be rashes on your skin. It could be um, you're, you're tired. You're, it could be really anything. Yeah. Headaches, migraines, anything. Because a lot stems from the gut. So protecting the gut, making sure we have good bacteria is one of the most important things we can do then. Yes. And artificial sweeteners are taking away the good bacteria. Yes. No to artificial sweeteners. No. So this is a this is a hard pass, hard yes. no. Oh, I, yeah, never. Never have. Never one. consume artificial sweeteners. All right. Putting the yeah. foot down. Yeah, no. I hope I'm not consuming it at any restaurants. Right. I don't, th- I, I wouldn't think restaurants are using these artificial sweeteners in their food. Hopefully not. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they have, if they have ingredients, check it. Yeah. I mean, fast food places, definitely, yeah. but hopefully none of the places I'm going to. Yeah, <laughs> hope so. <laughs> Anything else on artificial sweeteners? Um, I think that about covers it. The, the I, I did read an article um, a little while ago, but it was um, 
the World Health Organization, they actually came out and said that um, if you're trying to lose weight, then you shouldn't be using these artificial sweeteners mm. because these artificial sweeteners are linked with higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes, which we just talked about, and even cardiovascular disease. Yeah. So even the World Health Organization is coming out and saying that we shouldn't be eating these. Don't we should, we should be consuming natural sweeteners. Yeah. Thinking back on all of the types of products that you said that have these natural sweeteners, they all seem Artificial like, sweeteners. Artificial sweeteners, sorry. They all seem like, quote unquote, healthier options. Yeah. Like Diet Coke or Diet Mountain Dew maybe. Or these protein powders that I think, yeah. oh, I'm doing a good thing. I'm getting uh, extra protein in my diet. Or, okay, I'm not having real Coke. I'm having Diet Coke. Yeah. So it's better for me. But that that's not the case. Yeah. I'd say this is one of the biggest marketing gimmicks out there. Uh, uh, no, artificial sweeteners. Artificial yeah, sweeteners. Yeah, because of what they're able to put on the front of the package. Mm. Like, like you just said, the protein powder. All of these protein powders and ready-to-drink protein shakes, they're all like 30 grams of protein, mm. zero grams of sugar. Yep. But they got these artificial sweeteners in there. How are you getting those zero grams of sugar or 30 grams of protein? Where is that coming from? Very low quality. First of all, very low quality protein. And then obviously these artificial sweeteners, even things like, um, you know, Prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Logan Paul's thing. His uh, hydration drink and Mm -hmm. energy drink. They're loaded with these these artificial sweeteners. I think it's sucralose and asulfame potassium. Mm -hmm. And I've seen him like, I've seen little clips of him like, here, try my Prime. And then they're drinking. They're like, oh, that's good. He's like zero grams of sugar. It's like, it's all the marketing. Yeah. It has no sugar in it. It's like, then why does it taste sweet? Oh, fake sugar, which is right. terrible for you. Yeah. It's like a gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what I'm looking for in my drinks. Yeah. So artificial sweeteners. No. Never. Kevin, I think we just hit our time limit no. for this episode of the Clean Kitchen Podcast. So you're going to have to tune in next week for the last two additives that I recommend avoiding on episode nine. We will see you next week.